politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight once again for our life, liberty, property. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back here in the house, but not my typical house, not my location. This is actually my getaway, rural Virginia, God's country. Boy, do I want to stay here. It is Monday, uh, Valentine's Day. And while it's typically, traditionally, a day people uh, meet, get married, this is the day we need to discuss a national divorce. Because what they have done to us with the lockdown, the masking, and the vaccine, and particularly the latter is something none of us could have imagined would have been that bad, but by golly, it is that bad. And we're going to get into that today. Now, I am a little bit out of it. Because I am on this vacation, uh, you know, my kids have this random midwinter vacation, middle of February. Uh, all, all of them in the private schools here have this crazy time around President's Day. So um, I will be a little bit slow if those of you who follow me on Twitter. So just uh, take note of that. And look, I'm just, I'm just telling you guys, there is a lot to watch for because... The vaccine situation, if you would go back mid-February last year, I was watching it closely. I knew things were bad. I didn't realize they were quite that bad. I really didn't. That's the reality. Um, and I apologize. I apologize I didn't get into this quickly enough because typically I like to jump in before anyone else. But this was a very sensitive issue. Because it was tough. People couldn't get treatment, and the government was censoring it. So who knows? If this could save a life, I really didn't know what to do. So I do apologize. I think I waited a month or two later than I typically do. But once we got into it, boy, did we get into it. People like Dr. Jane Ruby, everything she said turned out to be true. So we're going to go through some of that today. Our first sponsor today, Masterworks. One of the things we need to do for a national divorce is to have a parallel economy. How are we going to do that? Well, we're going to accomplish that by evacuating from the cartel's stock market. Inflation is at a 40-year high. Investors are selling stocks like crazy. Volatility is up 50% over the past month. You can thank Jerome Powell's interest rate hike for that. But it could get worse. Goldman Sachs predicts that five uh, could come in the next year alone, five more hikes in interest rates. Now is the time to create a portfolio, not a blue-chip stock, but blue-chip art. Okay, Art has a low correlation to the stock market, and blue-chip art prices outpace the S&P 500 by 164% for the past 25 years. Diversifying with art... Okay, so it's not like you have to have $100,000 to buy Picasso. You could invest in the platform. Um, Over 330,000 members of Masterworks have been doing that. Uh, My producer, Chris, just got Picasso. So uh, go to masterworks.art slash conservative review. That's masterworks.art slash conservative review. See the important disclosures there and join so many others who are starting parallel investments today 
Okay, so, you know, I was just thinking, before we get to uh, the main course today, I come into this general store, country store, and right away, you know, I don't have to walk five feet to hear them talking about politics and the Constitution, and they were having this petition drive for Congressman Ben Klein, who's actually the sponsor of the bill to protect people from being discriminated against. We talked about this last week with uh, uh, kidney transplants, being denied kidney transplants. And I saw the difference between rural and and urban America is is just – it's night and day. Um, We would have already had a self-separating moment if not for phony Republicans representing these areas. Now, this one has a pretty decent congressman, but – you know, my kids were like, man, we should live here all year. And I'm thinking, yeah, I, w- I would totally do it. Got a beautiful view. I'm looking out of the countryside here. I'm recording a little bit early. This is actually Sunday night for me. And no, I'm not watching the NFL, National Felon League. Look, I don't look upon, look down on anyone who does. But we all said we were going to boycott it. So why don't we actually do that? So this is what I'm doing. I am not going to watch the cartel uh, National Felon League. Instead, we're going to prepare a show to be with you guys because I didn't want to miss too many days. I will be out on Tuesday. We'll be back Wednesday. One of the themes we're seeing why we need a national divorce is because you cannot bridge that divide. You cannot live harmoniously with people that create poisonous shots and thrust them on our kids. You cannot live harmoniously with people that will do anything, any means to justify the ends. They're seizing crowdsourcing funding. They're stealing stuff. They're planning on doing who knows what to the protesters in Ottawa. Nothing matters. Nothing stands in the way of these people. Okay? That's the biggest thing that I've learned. A complete uninhibition. Henceforth, they will do whatever it takes. You know, the Ottawa police tweeted out that they're not returning the seized items that they stole from the demonstrators. We have Facebook spying going on. Where the Ottawa police are knocking on doors and saying, we're watching you. If you don't think this won't happen in America, it's probably already happening. So we need to self-separate from these people. And before I get to the vaccine today, I just wanted to talk about one story I have to mention, the biggest story over the weekend. Um, You know, there's a couple big ones, but Fox is probably the most comprehensive. Clinton campaign paid to infiltrate Trump Tower and the White House servers. Okay, Uh, lawyers for the Clinton campaign paid a technology company to infiltrate first the Trump campaign and then eventually the White House itself. Again, Trump was really a straw man president. He, He wasn't the most powerful man. The deep state, the opposition, the left is in power even when they're not. Um The special counsel, John Durham, he filed a motion on February 11th focused on potential conflicts of interest related to representation of former Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman, who had been charged with making a false statement to a federal agent. Um, And basically what, what they're noting is that 
is that these guys worked with with a bunch of federal agents to spy on the executive office of the presidency. Okay? Um, tech executive met with Sussman. They communicated with another law partner who was serving as general counsel to the Clinton campaign. And... They wanted to assemble the purported data on white papers. In connection with these efforts, Tech Executive One exploited his access to non-public and or propriety internet data. Tech Executive One also enlisted the the assistance of researchers at a U.S.-based university who were receiving and analyzing large amounts of internet data. And they were trying to establish an inference and narrative tying then-candidate Trump to Russia. So as we knew all along, everything they do is projection. What they accuse their opponents of doing, they are the ones who are really doing it. And Durham also writes that during Sussman's trial, the government will establish that among the internet data Tech Executive One and his associates exploited was domain name system internet traffic pertaining to a particular healthcare provider, Trump Tower, and Donald Trump's Central Park West apartment building, and the EOP, the Executive Office of the President of the United States. And to me, the biggest takeaway from this is a little bit different from what you're going to hear elsewhere. You know, obviously, yes, they were spying all along. This was contrived all along. But it demonstrates that it is utterly worthless to focus on winning the presidency. And I'm not trying to run away from the problem and retreat. I'm just expressing a reality that this could not have gone down without the FBI, without the entire intelligence community being on board spying against their own president. And we knew this all along. And what this demonstrates is that you will never fix the intelligence community. You will never fix the FBI. You will never fix health and human services. You'll, you'll never fix any of them. You can't drain a swamp that's exclusively populated by vipers and cobras and, uh, you know, sidewinders. <laughs> you, you just can't. That is the whole government. It needs to be burned down and rebuilt. But until it is, this is why, for my part, I'm going to focus on interposition. I'm going to focus on state sovereignty. I'm going to focus on making red states red again, state legislatures great again. It is worthless to put all of our eggs in the presidential basket. It's just not going to happen. But furthermore, it demonstrates that you cannot live with these people. You can't sleep in the same bed as a sidewinder. You tell me how we have a country and live harmoniously with people like this. It's like living with Al-Qaeda. It's literally like living with with, with Hamas. Not going to happen. And then, of course, it's what they did to us. What they did to us the last two years, to me, that takes away everything. Any, any inkling that we could have worked with these people. And before we get into the main course today, going through the Nuremberg-like trials that we need to have for what they've done to us. Um, again, part of 
parallel economies, so we have different investments. We also have patronizing different providers. The only Christian conservative mobile provider in America is Patriot Mobile. Rather than donating money to those who hate us, anti-American, anti-family propaganda, Patriot Mobile, they donate to religious freedom, constitution, sanctity of life, veterans and first responders. Uh, They have the same tower, so you can get the same sort of coverage. You know, it's not like in the old days it was kind of spotty. Um, nowadays, you can get any co- uh, coverage everywhere that you get with the major carriers. Uh, plus, they have a hundred percent U.S. based customer service. PatriotMobile.com/cr. Call nine seven two Patriot. Free activation of your phone with offer code CR. They also have special discounts for veterans and first responders. Support a company that loves America, loves you, and shares traditional family values. That's patriotmobile.com slash CR or call 972-PATRIOT. So I want to start off today with just talking about the other big story over the weekend. Pfizer announced that they were withdrawing or delaying their EUA application to the FDA. They're, you know, they were slated to meet tomorrow to approve the shots on babies and toddlers. Again, you cannot bridge this divide. And the only reason they pulled it is just because it already got out to the public that they didn't comp- that, that that they aborted their two dose trial and they're going to go on the three dose trial and they weren't done yet. But when they finish it, which they say they'll be, be done in like six weeks or so, I think, they are going to submit it. But the point I want to make is, had they gone through with it, they would have gotten approval, and every governor would have allowed that to be distributed in the states. In fact, they were already distributing this. Okay, this was already en route. Over 10 million doses or 8 million doses, I think they had. They were distributing this. There is no floor. So who is going to be that first governor to say no? It's truly shocking. You know, finally, finally, the EU admitted, oh, there's menstrual problems with this vaccine. And you're going to put it on a group of kids that it literally doesn't provide any benefit? The shots are, are, are completely outdated? This is from the UK Daily Mail. Europe's medicines watchdog today announced it will probe thousands of reports of women suffering menstrual changes after getting COVID vaccines made by Pfizer and Moderna. The European Medicines Agency's Drug Safety Committee is investigating both cases as cases of heavy bleeding and missed periods following vaccination. It will look through all the reported incidents. The EMA's panel previously investigated the connection between irregular periods and COVID vaccines, but could not establish a firm link. Folks, take your own poll. I mean, it's hard to do because, it, you know, it's kind of a touchy issue. I know tons of people. I mean, this is not like a 0.1% issue. This is a tremendous percent. They said there's still no reason to believe the jab impacts fertility. Could you imagine that? They never studied it. It affects menstrual cycles like nothing has ever affected it before. The Japanese biodistribution study showed the lipid nanoparticles, which are toxic as hell, and if nothing else, they're definitely pro-inflammatory, depositing in the ovaries, by the way, in the testes too, just so you know. Just so you know, there's no reason to believe that men are better off either. 
It's just with women, there's the, the, the safety signal is more evident quickly. But I suspect there's issues there as well. So this is what we do now. We first give it to all humans, and then we study it. We are literally the lab rats. This thing is so, so bad, you cannot imagine. It is an utter nightmare. An utter health nightmare. And, folks, what do you think is going on in Israel when they have the worst, the worst rate of anywhere? The worst death rate? What do you think is going on there? See, a lot of people, they were colored by the fact that for themselves or their family members, they didn't hear anyone having a problem. Okay, let's say you're in a family that didn't have a problem from it. What they don't understand is everyone is going to have immune suppression. Everyone's going to have that. But let's look, let's look at just what we know so far. In, on Jan, as of January 19th, the UK's yellow card system, this is very important. This is kind of their VAERS. They reported 1.552 million adverse events. Most of those, 1.28, associated with Pfizer. This is very important because America is only up to, I think, 1.1, 1.2 million. They're already up to 1.5, and their population is 68 million. Okay, so their population is, you know, like one-fifth, let's say one-fifth of the United States. So that tells you that they're doing a better job there recording incidents. Okay, if you if you would extrapolate that for the United States, you're talking about six million adverse events, which there's no there's no way there weren't there's no way it's less than that. It's got to be more than that, because again, um, what is it? Two hundred forty million people got it in the United States. Two hundred forty million. So, you know, six million would be what 2 3% that made that makes sense at least that many had issues so that's where we're at now 1.5 million in a country one fifth the size of the United States by the way um one of the military whistleblowers for the VAR system uh the DMED system I'm sorry we we talked about that uh, last week on Friday with uh, Senator Johnson, if you haven't heard the show, listen. It, I mean, he was he was pure fire. I was glad to see at least someone elected having that righteous indignation. But I was told that 8,850 of the VAERS entries were from the military. 10% of them were very serious. That's 850 very serious events recorded in theirs for the military. And just to give you a sense of how that's the tip of the iceberg, one of them told me that you know this doctor had over 30 cases of very serious injuries and only submitted five of them so far. So just allow your imagination to run wild. 
I think the studies that have you know shown for years that theirs is underreported, you know, by a factor of you know it's like a one to forty reporting rate. It definitely, definitely does hold true for where we are today. Now, one other uh, sponsor I just want to share with you guys, Patriot Academy. Um, you know, Rick Green has been taking out members of this audience on their Constitution handgun defense training. We are looking for a new venue because something went wrong with Frontsite Nevada. We are going to have a new venue. Um, but for now, check out PatriotAcademy.com. You could find out they do a lot of other terrific things. They have college courses for 18 to 24-year-olds, a lot of good activist programs. The one I want you guys to join is the Constitution Coach Program. And what it basically is, you you get together in your living room, get 20 of your neighbors or however many you can get, and you, you uh, use their videos and their content going over the Constitution, learning about it, uh, with Rick Green's instruction, you also get terrific um, videos from probably the greatest constitu- constitutional historian around today, uh, David Barton, and it will equip you to be a leader in your community. Uh, this is how you could form these strike force teams, and we we really <clears throat> really look forward to partnering with. Uh, constitution coaches throughout the country. These are some of the best Christian conservatives in the country. So you definitely want to join their network. Again, sign up to be a constitution coach, patriotacademy.com. Um, folks, I want I want to read some material to you today. I'm going to, you know, t- I'm, I'm really on the run, literally in a cabin in the woods. So I don't have the access I typically do. I'm spending, spending some time with the, uh, with the family, so I'm going to share more other people's work rather than my own today. This is a very good rep website, conservativewoman.com.uk. It's a UK website. Health nightmare alert over COVID jabs injecting a heart-damaging toxin. Neville Hodgkinson, February 11th. I, I, I told you guys, this is worse this is going to turn out to be worse than any of us could have imagined. I'm just going to read a little bit here. A friend of my ex-wife is so angry about lockdown lunacy and its associated abuses that she lets rip on busloads of cowed mask-wearing passengers, letting them know they have been horribly duped. I thought of her yesterday when I saw a large caravan parked in the center of Worthing, the seaside town where I currently live, encouraging passerbyers to drop in for a COVID jab. Despite waiting lists now said to be likely to hit 9 million, the NHS still finds the money to try to terrorize people into submitting to this experimental procedure. Just how experimental the rollout remains is brought home by a new international study looking at what happens in our bodies when injected with the mRNA vaccines made by Pfizer and Moderna and comparing that with natural infection. A 73-page report with 43 authors has been posted online as a preprint by the scientific journal Cell. Okay, we talked about this a little bit last week, and I want to delve into his take on this. A key finding is that for up to two months following the jab, our bodies continue to produce a protein that has been associated with risks to the heart and blood vessels. Now, folks, it's likely a lot longer. They only studied it for 60 days. 
Most readers are by now familiar with the infamous spike protein, the gain-of-function feature through which American and Chinese scientists made a bat virus a danger to humans. The vaccine injects copies of a genetic code that causes production of this protein, alerting the immune system to the danger it presents so as to limit damage from actual virus infection. The cell study confirms that in the short term, the immune system response to the vaccine is broader than that in than what is seen in severely ill, naturally infected patients. Okay? They found that the the mRNA from the vaccine is still present on days 7, 16, and 37, 37 post-jab. Okay? And then they found it in some at least 60 days after the second jab. 96% of vaccines had the protein circulating in their blood in the first day or two after the jab, and 63% at day seven. Okay, that's a long time to do damage. That is a long, long time. They quote, um, where is it? They quote cardiac surgeon Dr. Stephen Gundry reported in the wake of the jab, most patients show changes in biochemical markers signaling damage to the heart and circulatory system. These changes persist for at least two and a half months post-second dose of the vaccine. And he wrote that in American Heart Association Journal. We conclude that the mRNA vaccines dramatically increase inflammation of the endothelium and T-cell inflammation of cardiac muscle and may account for the observations of increased thrombosis, cardiomyopathy, and other vascular events following vaccination. Similar warning was issued far back by Canadian vaccine expert Dr. Byron Brittle. By the way, someone pointed out to me, um, Brittle uh, submitted a several hundred page affidavit to a Canadian court basically as a indictment against this all and he actually quoted me on natural one of my natural immunity articles um so he talked about that for a while and he ends off saying malone says that the cell findings may mean that a genetic device inserted in the moderna and pfizer products aimed at avoiding immediate destruction of the mrna by the immune system is working so well that the mrna is completely evading the normal clearance degradation pathways. Okay, I want you guys to think about that for a moment. Normally, it clears it. This jives with the study I keep telling you guys about that um, Bruce Patterson and Ram Yogendra cannot get published, but they're going to post it, I believe, later this week in a preprint somewhere on a server that shows these broken pieces of spike, by the way, mutated as well, in your monocytes. The monocytes is what's supposed to degrade and move away the the broken, you know, debris of the virus. Well, you leave that in your body, guess what's going to happen? Constant rolling inflammatory markers. If it's in the blood vessels... Okay, it's going to be cardiovascular. If it's on the nerves, it's going to cause neurological damage. And then either way, it is causing terrible, terrible um, 
immune suppression. Terrible immune suppression. And that's what we're seeing everywhere. You know, if you look at the latest UK data, okay, last Thursday's report, for the 40 to 49-year-old cohort, the case rate was 4687 per 100,000 in the triple vaxxed. In the unvaxxed, it was 1726. You're talking about a 2.7-fold higher rate, case rate, among the triple vaxxed. The double vaxxed are even more negative. The triple's catching up than the unvaxxed. And folks, there's a whole nother problem going on here that I think a lot of us have not really delved into yet, and I do want to delve into when I get back, and that's HIV. If you noticed, there's a lot of movement, there's a lot of talk about HIV. The WHO recently said that by 2030, they think HIV is going to be the number one killer. What do they know that we don't know. If you Google around, you will find a lot of articles now on HIV. Okay? Why? Why? Isn't that a little bit bizarre? I thought we were, you know, making progress against that. Well, we were making progress against it. But the question is, did the vaccine do to people something that looks an awful lot like HIV? And so much so that perhaps you could even test positive for HIV, and then they're going to panic the world over a new strain of HIV that spreads, you guessed it, airborne. Could you imagine what they're going to do to the world if they're able to get that out? There's this crazy article on Nature, a very prestigious publication from, I want to say last week, if not last week, it was two weeks ago, highly virulent HIV variant found circulating in Europe. The mutated strain's effects are more severe and it's more transmissible. An analysis of more than 100 infected people suggests that the variant boosts the number of viral particles in a person's blood, making them more likely to transmit the virus. The variant also seems to lead to a reduction in immune cells called CD4 T cells. So infected people are at risk of developing AIDS much more rapidly than those with other versions of HIV. The emergence of a more virulent form of HIV is a reason to stay vigilant, but it's not a public health crisis, they say. They say it's a fast-spreading strain. Dr. Finn is an expert on this. She's an expert on HIV. She's an infectious disease doctor. We've had her on twice. I'll have her on again and she's been warning me a while about this. And, you know, I was like, I heard her talk about it, but, you know, she says a lot of things and it's hard to keep up because she's just so, so brilliant. And she pointed out to me that the, if you look at the Diffuse Project, okay, that is the 2018 gain of function submission from EcoHealth Alliance, which likely created 
the virus. And now we know after having one of the EcoHealth Alliance workers on, Dr. Andrew Huff, last Thursday, we know that likely they were working on it long before 2018 because they always do that before they submit it. And she notes that, I mean, this is beyond my you know, ability to understand it, but there's two changes that they were proposing introducing into the DC sign binding that were HIV mechanisms. So there's a lot about SARS-CoV-2 that has an uncanny relationship. And what she is saying is that she has been predicting this since June 2020, that now that they are onto the third booster, they will be fully immune suppressed and will need to blame it on something other than the shot. Because I told you this, I'm noticing that Omicron is it seems to be devastating to people that have had their systems wiped. That's what you're seeing with Israel. As compared to you know the African countries, Omicron was a joke. It's only affecting the highly vaccinated countries, right? I mean, you know, uh, my wife and I, um, you know, never had the virus, and then. It was like two weeks ago, two to three weeks ago, my wife tested positive twice. She literally had nothing, didn't have the sore throat, didn't have the muscle aches, didn't have the headache, a little bit of a cough. You know, she didn't didn't stop functioning. And I never had it. You know, the kids, like, each one was sick for a half a day, one after another, and then nothing. And then I literally got – I felt something, but I didn't get anything – and I tested myself with one of the home tests. It was negative the only time I tested. This is like three weeks ago. My voice was a little messed up, if you remember. So it could – I. and look, we have a pretty good marriage, so it's not like we stay. We didn't stay away from each other at all. Um, and I've never heard of Omicron dividing up families. Usually once one gets it, everyone does. Now that could be because of vitamin D levels. I was doing the betadine like crazy. You know, I treated her. Um, it's hard to tell if she, you know – got it so mildly because we were doing the treatment or if it would have stayed that mild. Who knows? But that's what happened a few weeks ago. Um, not to say that there aren't people that didn't get the shots and you know didn't get prior antibodies from you know uh, prior uh, infection that, that didn't have it a little bit worse. But generally, those that, that are getting it, I mean, on ventilators or something, most of them are, you know, it's because their immune system is wiped. So what she is saying is that the four HIV surrogate markers in the spike protein have been injected so the subjects will test positive PCR, meaning positive for HIV, and will flag positive antibodies because they elicited an immune response from the jab. No one will believe they have HIV since many will be old ladies, right? So no one thinks that or or, or picture a, a Catholic nun or something. Everyone knows they didn't screw around. So they will have to create the narrative that HIV is airborne or transmitted another way to make it plausible. She believes they're setting up this narrative. Okay, so this is something that we need to watch out for. It is very, very dangerous. Another thing I just want to uh, point out, um, there's a study from England, if you want to look it up, Mathematical Evaluation of COVID Vaccination Efficacy in England. Mathematical Analysis of UK HSA Data in Trial Site News. This is in Trial Site News 
by Amrit Sereko Sorli, S-O-R-L-I, and colleagues, finds that infected vaccinated people are dying at a 14.5% higher rate than infected non-vaccinated people. That is happening now. The negative efficacy we are seeing, their data is off. The negative efficacy clearly is not just case rates with Omicron. It's clearly with severe illness, you know, hospitalization and death, which is why they stopped counting that, why they're running away from it, why, you know, they don't want to talk about, you know, suddenly they want to talk about counting hospitalized uh, because of COVID, not with COVID, because it's starting to go negative big time. And it already really has been for quite a while. And you really see that in, um, there's a great analysis here in the UK expose, another terrific website you guys should bookmark, uh, Daily Expose, dailyexpose.uk. Deaths among triple vaccinated increased by 495% in January, with the vaccinated accounting for four in every five COVID-19 cases, hospitalizations, and, yes, deaths since December. And again, you don't take my word for it. I mean, Fauci, all these guys over the weekend, they were saying, yeah, you know, the boosters wane pretty quickly. This was CDC. This is, they don't want to be caught with the genocide. See, waning efficacy is one thing. Okay, all right, you know, no runs, no hits, no errors. That's, that's not how microbiology works. And I, I, what I, I, I know I've been talking a lot about ADE, antibody-dependent disease enhancement, but I do think what's going on is a lot more original antigenic sin, meaning not so much necessarily that the antibodies are guiding into your body and serving as a Trojan Trojan horse, although that might be happening, but what is for sure happening is that the vaccine wipes your existing immune system. So the reason why you have negative efficacy is not so much that the antibodies are Trojan horses, even if they're not, it destroys your T cells. This is what Dan Stock was warning about. You know, when I was yelping about ADE, he was talking about something else, and he, and he was he was really on target. It doesn't call up the Marines. It doesn't call up the National Guard. Your your macrophages, you know, that that are supposed to signal, hey, we got trouble up there in the in the respiratory tract, doesn't show up. So the virus is able to. You know, because we figure when you get a virus, oh, man, whoops, my immune system failed me. But no, it didn't. It generally works. You might get a sore throat. You get a little headache, maybe a little fever. That's all part of it. But the fact that the virus didn't, you know, systemically attack your organs is because it did work. Um, Your defenses 90% blocked it, a little bit got in, and then died out seven days later, so you felt some of the effects. But what happens if you kill your military? Well, you're screwed. So, um, there's a lot I want to go over here. Let me see here. I'm just trying to look at the charts here on this Daily Expose article. Between December 11th and January 7th, the unvaccinated population accounted for 15% of the cases. But fast forward one month and we find that between January 8th and February 4th, they only account for 13. So it keeps going down. Keeps going down. The vaccinated population accounted for 85% of cases between December 11th and January 7th, with 9% of those cases among the one-dose vaccinated. 
32% among the triple and 59% among the double. Okay, this is this is straight from the Scottish data. Okay, what about the hospitalizations? What about the hospitalizations? Hospitalizations among the unvaccinated fell by 24% in December compared to... Um, yeah, but hospitalizations among the triple increased by 88%. Why is it going up? You know, if, if the wave the wave is going down, right? Everyone agrees everywhere the wave is waning, but why is their share going up? Okay? And the answer is, you don't want to know. And they want to pull the plug out on their little computer game, on their little lab test, as if we're a bunch of rats, before we could even get our bearings. And then you have COVID deaths. Deaths rose from 40 among the triple vaccinated between December and January to a concerning 238 between January 1st and January 28th. A 495% increase in deaths compared to just 30% increase in deaths among the unvaccinated population. This should not be happening. Okay, this should not be happening. This is a pandemic of the vaccinated. And that, my friends, is the only reason why they're relinquishing even the few things they are relinquishing. But is this the message from Donald Trump? Is this the message from the big savior? No. I want you guys, before we go today, to listen to this clip of Donald Trump. He was on Fox and Friends on Saturday morning. And he was saying a whole bunch of things. He was pimping the vaccine. Uh, you'll, you'll see he talks about ventilators. He won't stop. The guy won't stop. He had the best lockdowns. Fauci wasn't even such a problem. Holy smokes, guys. I mean, come on. Is this the guy that we're going to nominate? Is it so hard for him to give over my message? Well, you know what? I hate to say it, folks, but he ain't going to be able to run away from Operation Warp Speed quickly enough. Because I don't see how they're going to be able to cover it up much longer. So anyway, just a few elements here I wanted to get to before I got to go. And it is a little bit tough because I got my kids jumping around yelling here in this uh, tiny cabin. You should know that over the weekend, a lot of people have noticed the CEO of Moderna basically deleted his Twitter account. And he cashed out on a bunch of stocks the past week. And then, you know, you tether that with Pfizer delaying their authorization request, and you wonder if now is when they're bailing. (laughs) That is something I think we all need to look out for. But the bottom line is, for those of you who thought there's no way they could ever get away with doing something this dastardly, look, they did. And, And folks, they did this with the mask. Now it's okay. The Washington Post is able to come out with a piece and say, yeah, you know, we kind of made a mistake. We kind of made a mistake. Um, There's nothing we can do. They don't really work. After dragging off two-year-olds from planes, after masking kids for hours upon hours a day. You know, uh, Dr. Andy Boston made an interesting point. A great middle school science experiment now would be for everyone to culture those masks and see what's on them. 
There's actually an interesting Indian study. It's titled Novel Risk Factors for Coronavirus Disease-Associated Mucormycosis, a case control study during the outbreak in India. Mucormycosis is a a rare fungus, and they found 70% of fungal contamination of face masks worn by the Indian general public. 70% of them had fungal contamination. Okay? Prolonged use of cloth and surgical masks associated with seven times the risk for COVID-19-associated mucormycosis in northern India. It's on MedRx, preprint server. So again, we know it's going to come out. All of this is going to come out. We were proven right. And uh, it's truly, truly disgusting. Truly disgusting. By the way, I just want you to listen, just as we close today, there's a very important uh, two-minute clip from this guy. It looks like he's a lawyer, Avi Barak, an Israeli dude, but he speaks in English, and it's pretty understandable. He explains a FOIA document from the Israeli Ministry of Health that makes it clear from day one, in the beginning of this in 2020, they understood that masks didn't work. But why did they push it? Take a listen. Do yourself a favor, yourself and your kids. Take this useless government-made face prison and throw it away. Let's talk about masks. Before I even go into the damages these things have done to our health, our children's health and the environment, I want to show you something. This is a letter, an official document written by the Israeli Ministry of Health in response to a Freedom of Information Act request about the necessity of masks submitted by a lawyer named Gadi Shiloh. Mr. Shiloh is a part of a group called Machatz Corona or the Israeli Public Emergency Council for the COVID-19 crisis, which consists mainly of senior doctors and scientists who support a different approach. The response letter is dated November 22, 2021. The letter states that the responses are taken directly from the minutes of a meeting of the government's Epidemic Management Committee that was held in March 2020. I would like to read you some of the answers. Section 5.2. Our stand is that in wearing masks, there is an educational message and also a psychological effect on people. In the absence of a professional basis, we will have difficulty recommending wearing masks. There is no scientific proof that masks are effective in reducing morbidity. Section 5.3. The numbers are average and do not present a scientific proof of efficiency. Section 5.7. There is a doubt about the effectiveness of wearing a mask in preventing transmission. Section 5.9.1. Even if we do recommend it, the public must know that there is no proof that it does prevent transmission something that was never officially told to the public. Section 6.1.6. As far as the general public, while the point of efficiency is not established, I personally, the professor making the claim, think that it is logical and that the public is showing compliance. Section 6.1.9. We think that changing the policy may confuse the public. You hear that, folks? This is Israel, but... There's no difference in the United States and really globally. They did it for psychological warfare. Now, as much as I'm against masks, I don't think there's going to be that much long-term damage other than really the developmental language 
things for young the youngest of children. That's really where it's going to be. But the shots. Imagine the long-term damage. A blown immune system. Possible cross-contamination of HIV. Tons of inflammation. Cardiovascular issues. It's that bad. It really is. And the sooner we're onto this, the sooner we could try to detect, diagnose, and treat the problems. I want to close with this thought. I saw a, a headline from Texas after their abortion law went into effect that abortions fell by 60% in the first month of their law taking effect. And I was thinking, you know, that's an issue you see where pretty much more than any other issue, the party unites behind it. Imagine if we had a movement behind broader pro-life issues. Imagine if from day one we would have had a movement behind not forcibly covering people's faces and not injecting people and informed consent and actually investigating the first signs of these safety signals that we started to see from the shots. Don't tell me we wouldn't have succeeded because the truth does get out even when a small number of people do it. But yet, I'm looking now at Wyoming. Um, their budget session begins. They say they have over 200 bills filed, and they have just 22 days to go through it. What is it with these 22 days? Time limits should never be a constraint on doing the right thing. But this is what we have. You have the federal executive branch, the state executive branches doing whatever the hell they want, 365 days a year, 24-7, and then the legislature gets in session for three minutes, and they're like, oh, well, you know, there's nothing we can do. We don't have time. We're past the funnel deadline. You know, a good number of states, you can't even introduce legislation. It's mid-February. You can't even introduce new bills. So if Biden comes up with a new scheme to rape every female in the country, like, well, we can't, we can't deal with it in the legislature. We're past the funnel deadline. That's nonsense. So what, one thing I need from you is update me on what's going on in your state legislature. It's very hard for me. I don't have enough of a team in place to keep on top of it. Um, I am going to be a little bit out of it this week, uh, you know, in terms of my written content, at least until later in the week. Uh, I'll, I will be back Wednesday. I'll be out tomorrow, but now's a good time to catch up on missed shows. Uh, I'll be back in, 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 in a fly before you know it. Uh, just getting a little bit of R&R, which is not so restful, actually, when you have four kids, but, you know, I'll take it. Um, so, again, I really do appreciate that hundreds of you have gone to iTunes, given me a five-star rating, uh, left comments there. It really does help grow this show. The more we grow this show, the more we augment our strength in numbers. It is happening. We are turning the corner. But folks, it is quite grim what they've done to us. We'll be all over it. Special guests later this week. Till Wednesday, we'll be back same time, same place. God bless you all. 